Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Her Higher Self podcast. I'm your host, Shari Angelina, Minds and the Manifestation Coach, NLP practitioner, and known as the Queen of Intuition. I'm beyond excited to share with you all that I know about mindset, manifestation, holistic health, wealth, spirituality, relationships, and really anything that will help you discover your true potential in all areas of your life. I'm here to inspire, initiate, guide, and lead you to become your truest self and to take your power back by understanding your mind, body, and soul. Because I know that there is nothing as magnetic as being your most authentic self. So if you are ready to manifest your dream life with ease and in peace, we are about to become soul besties because your success is my success, babe. I hope you can feel how much love I'm sending to you through this podcast. And without further ado, let's dive right in and manifest some magic. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode of the Her Higher Self podcast. Today, I've invited an amazing coach, teacher, mentor, friend, and soul onto the podcast who I've personally learned so much from. I cannot wait for you to listen and to be inspired by Gabby's energy. Every single time I speak to her, I just feel so motivated to get out there and do something for my dream life. So I'm sure she will inspire you to do whatever you need to do in order to create a blissful life for yourself. Gabby is an accredited career coach and digital wellness educator that mentors motivated Instagrammers how to finally become full-time entrepreneurs with her signature course called Jumpstart Your Business Course. She's either doing that or exploring the world, and today she's so kind to be here with us, sharing her wisdom on digital wellness and so much more. Hey, Gabby, I'm so excited to see you and to speak to you today. Thank you so much for being on the Her Heart Self podcast and helping me to inspire beautiful souls around the globe to connect with their higher self through learning about digital wellness. Before we dive into the conversation about digital wellness and all your wisdom, Maybe you can just share a little bit about yourself, your story, and how as a digital entrepreneur and former digital nomad, you have needed to explore digital wellness yourself. Sherry, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I love it. And it's a pleasure for me to be here to talk to you guys, especially about digital wellness, which has been such an incredible topic that has shifted the course of my life. So I'm excited. And I know that you're going to leave with some tangible steps as to how to implement it in your business and life. But to tell you a little bit more about me, I am, as Sherry, say, Sherry said, I am a mentor for entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, um, and help them with their career, actually understand what they want to do, how they want to do it, and how they want to monetize it. And therefore profit what success means to them, whether that's traveling or having time freedom or you know, uh, freedom in their schedule. So I actually am originally from Caracas, Venezuela, South America. I have a good accent, but I'm very Hispanic and I love my country and I translate every single one of my, the content that I put out there and, and really having a multicultural brand has been my goal. And I started as a health coach transitioned as a success coach and then transitioned as a career coach. So I've been through a lot of different coaching industries and 
ways of doing business. And I find it so intriguing that we all have our personal way of doing things, our personal way of what good and bad is, of what success and what failure means to us. So really, I just help people understand what exactly success means to them so they can then mold it into a business model that they can um, live off of and, and make money off of and therefore fund their bliss. So yeah, so today I'm going to talk about digital wellness and digital wellness came into my life when I saw that there was a huge gap in my business. I was teaching people how to start online businesses, how to get on Instagram, how to do the thing, how to build the brand, but I didn't tell them about the side effect of social media, which is mm. imposter syndrome, FOMO, and comparison, social comparison, feeling lonely, even though you're connected, not having any sort of physical relationships, just spacing out into this digital world. And even though I had a good work-life balance, I had to work on a lot of things behind the scenes, but I didn't teach that on my courses. So I felt a little hypocritical when mm -hmm. I saw The Social Dilemma, which is an, um, a TV show on Netflix. And it's a documentary regarding our current situation regarding social media. And it immediately gave me this sense of guilt and the sense of not only guilt, it wasn't a negative feeling, but it was, it was definitely a feeling of like, you've got to do something about this. You cannot sit, this is not just another Netflix thing, you know, like you've got to do things. And so I did, I got certified in digital wellness and I just shifted my life and that's how it started. <laughs> oh, I love that. There were so many things that you said where I was like, oh my God, a million questions go to my through my head and questions I had you already kind of answered, but we're going to definitely dive a little bit deeper. But before we dive deeper, what I want to say is like, what I think is so beautiful with working with you and you as a person is like how you also describe that everyone has their own version of success and that it's important mm -hmm. to find your version that makes you happy. And I feel like that most likely translate into digital wellness as well, which most likely looks a little bit different for every single person in the world. And so I think, you know, how I love like being intuitive and learning what you really need. So I feel like that you've just touched on that. I was like, yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like, you know, before we really dive in, and if someone is listening to this and it's like, wait, what digital wellness, what the heck is that even? Mm -hmm. If we start at the beginning, what would you say is digital wellness? And what does it like mean to you? Right. So digital wellness, I mean, the word says it. It's, it's just the, that optimal state of health and well-being that each of us can have using technology, right? So it's, it's a, it, again, it's going to be personalized, just like success. It doesn't mean the same thing to everyone because digital wellness for a digital marketer is going to be different than digital wellness for a psychologist you know it's, it's all going to be different but the important thing to understand is actual digital minimalism so that is actually my favorite word digital wellness is as a whole it's it's the field so I talk a lot about digital wellness but digital minimalism is my favorite term mm -hmm. and that means it's it's the philosophy of technology use in which you focus your online time on a small number of carefully selected things right that strongly supports what you care about what you value what makes you happy and then happily miss out on the rest okay mm -hmm. let me just say that again digital minimalism is you using technology 
only focusing on the time on these very small, carefully selected activities or things or, you know, um, things that you consume on, on social media, but that they strongly support what you value and then happily miss out on the, on everything else. And that for me, that last part was everything. I, I couldn't happily miss out on the things that I was missing out on. I felt like I was always missing out on important things, even if it was just gossip, if it was just superficial things that had nothing to do with my definition of success. So the most important thing for me was understanding what do I actually, why am I doing on social media? <laughs> like, what, what is the purpose of this thing first and foremost? And then once I really realized that, then I can define what digital wellness means to me. Mm, yeah, I think what I want to ask you next about this specifically is how can someone know or realize for them what they can even miss out on? And then if we bring that a little bit further, how did you transition from releasing that FOMO and that, you know, that feeling of constantly missing out by actually then focusing on what you liked? Right. So there's a couple things that come with this. And, and honestly, it's just, just like you maybe audit and, and build awareness on your physical symptoms when you don't really love the diet that you're on. It's the same thing. You get this weird feeling every time you look at a certain profile or you get off a certain platform after you saw a certain video, like you get this feeling and that mm -hmm. feeling lingers a little bit throughout the day. Maybe you get a little bit anxious or mad or your, it affects the rest of your day and your mood, whatever it is. And you know what it is. You just haven't really done anything about it because it's entertaining right so it, it hits that dopamine it gives you that dopamine hit which it's exciting it's, it's like for example you have a bad day and then you open your phone and then you see uh, cupcakes and then a picture of bali and then you know a beautiful aesthetically pleasing room and then you see all these things and it just gives you that sense of hope and belonging and then you turn off your phone and then you're you know, with your reality, right? So it's mm. like a bummer, right? You feel like, oh God, like <laughs> this, is, this is what I have to deal with. And so that's what I started seeing is that I couldn't enjoy me, mm. me, period. Like just me by myself outside with my current reality. I enjoyed it, but I, I was feeling like I was missing something. And that is not good <laughs> because if you can't be happy with you, and your own relationships, the people that you live with, the people that you talk to, aside from technology, if you can't have a good day without technology for just one day, then that's really something to look into. Because if you end up being happy offline, the online is just cherry on top. It's going to be wonderful. But to get there, you do have to dive in. And that's why I always say that digital wellness is honestly not sexy. It's actually the opposite of sexy. <laughs> It doesn't give you that dopamine hit. It doesn't give you the followers. Not doesn't give you the likes. It doesn't give you the rush of like, oh, that sense of belonging of like, oh, I'm doing something right. It's going to do the exact opposite. It's going to tell you, are you happy? Are you actually talking to your partner? Or are you looking at your phone? You know, like it's going to awaken these patterns that you have that might be a little bit scary, but it's going to completely shift the game for you. So that's the first thing I did. I just audited what I was doing. When I was feeling unhappy, 
when I was overbooking myself, why was I overbooking myself? Why couldn't I say no to some people? Like just overall digital culture. Do I have any sort of boundaries, right? And then that's when we start talking about boundaries and, and then addressing them. But yeah. I feel like what you just said about like digital wellness not being sexy because it like, you know, it, if you finally sit down with yourself and really, like I said, audit what makes you happy, what maybe makes you feel anxious, how do you feel to your reality versus to like, you know, that kind of virtual world that you are living in when you're on your phone. I feel like for me, what I realize is when I'm like, obviously, as you know, working online, you're a lot on your phone. And sometimes we get into the cycle of consuming content or whatever. But what I notice is that once you've gone through this kind of awakening stage and made the shift and realize it's a lot sexier on the other side, like, you know, the process mm -hmm. doesn't feel sexy, but what you get on the other side is just a lot more real because honestly, when I have like a moment and I'm like on an app, like let's say Reels or TikTok or something that is a, that is very focused on like sucking you in and like you scrolling. Mm -hmm. I personally don't feel great afterwards. I like feel actually more tired or whatever. And when I compare that to like spending a weekend hiking, I'm like, right. I understand, like I can literally see how much of an impact it makes. It has on me when I'm like on my phone, like just, you know, consuming content versus when I'm just out there with the people like I care about and like really there. And, you know, you were already saying like, why can I not say no? How would you say is digital wellness or practicing digital wellness and saying no, setting boundaries for yourself is how is that connected? Well, it, it all stems from what's going to make you feel good. Enough. And, and that's where boundaries come in because my boundaries are going to look drastically different than yours mm -hmm. and and it's not that there's a set of boundaries that you have to implement according to digital wellness no it's just you understanding what digital culture is and digital culture is you just understanding what gives you anxiety what gives you uneasiness and what makes you happy what you actually enjoy about the digital world and therefore create this invisible fence of like, Ooh, I don't go there or mm, I don't like when you go there, right? When you message me at 12 a, uh, you know, at midnight and I have to, and I feel eager to respond because that's who I am. I need to get things done immediately. So if I set a, a, a boundary of like, you know what, at this time, no more messages, or I set a boundary with my phone, then I can actually live around that. I'm not going to feel any sort of FOMO because I set a boundary. And so digital culture is the key word. If there's no digital culture within your relationships, your communication, your employees, if you have employees or your, you know, your, even your coach, like if you have a coach and you don't have digital culture with them or they don't have with you, then we don't really know when to communicate, how to communicate, because at the end of the day, we're all communicating virtually right mm -hmm. that's just our reality so digital culture needs to be implemented just like moral culture you know eth ethnical culture just like you know um uh, just overall the having having boundaries and values right values um to to make sure that we're not stepping into someone else's boundaries or sense of uh, what's right or wrong so digital culture is for sure how everyone starts creating boundaries in their lives, both work, home, it starts with digital culture. 
And in your story that you had shared a minute ago, you were saying that when you started learning and learning about digital wellness, practicing digital wellness, it helped you to like, you know, see a massive change in your life and sit with yourself, connect with yourself. How would you say does, did that look like for you? Like, what are the shifts you notice? What is the different behavior that you put on, on the table, basically? I actually asked myself a very crazy question that um that I feel like will help you guys also build awareness as I as I it helped me. I asked myself, are you as happy as you look on social media? Mm. Are you as happy as you look on social media? And honestly, I was almost there. I was almost but I was not completely there. I was feeling a little bit of overworking and undervalued in some ways and not on my in my business in my personal life because in my business that's what I do on social media so that's what I would show and I was very happy with my business but that doesn't mean that I was happy in my personal life or I feel I felt balanced in my personal life so it actually reflected a lot of my personal life and it just made me okay I'm so happy in my job right now But am I as happy in my personal life? Because if I am as happy in my personal life, my job is going to thrive. So I did it for my clients, honestly, first, because a little hard to do it for ourselves in the beginning. And what I did was I, I wanted to fill up my cup in such a way that I was just overflowing for my clients. And therefore, I was going to become a better coach. I was going to become a better person, a better girlfriend, a better everything. So when I saw that I was, my cup was not full, it wasn't full. I knew it. It, it was mm-hmm. evident for me. It's not full, whether that's self-care, self-love, positive self-talk, um, you know, good, good thoughts, whatever it is, it wasn't full Re- connection, right? Connection, physical connection. It wasn't full. So I started focusing on my personal life, put the business in maintenance mode, which was incredibly easy because I was completely happy with my business. And this can be vice versa for you guys. I mean, for those of you listening, you could be in a very good place in a personal life, but you're not in a good place in, in your work life. But so look at where it needs help. And what I did is I looked at my personal life. What do I like? What fills up my cup? And I started journaling, you know, nature for sure. It fills up my cup. Every time I disconnect from social media mm. and I go to nature at least five hours, I come back, I want to tell my clients how epic they are. I want to tell them everything about nature. I, I feel it. So, so yeah, it, it was incredibly important for me to be real with myself and say, am I happy behind and, and in front of the screen? You know, both. And where can I start? And that was all in my personal life. I love what you said about like, you know, that you your cup wasn't full and you had to start with you in order to also improve in all other areas of your life because what I always teach my clients or what my program for herself about is about is really to create that foundation within yourself so whatever you do will be successful like that in our work first and I feel like from like the sounds of it digital wellness is another way of really reconnecting with your true self with your authentic self sitting with yourself learning what you love learning what you want to do and then creating that courage as well to practice that now if you are thinking tangible how does like a digital wellness day in your life look like 
Well, boundaries, <laughs> a lot of them. So again, it all depends on what you want to do. But for me, I do not clock in work-related conversations or voice notes or emails or calls, video calls until 10 a.m. 10 a.m. is my, my perfect time to clock back in. And it's actually an incredible way of having a slow morning and having a slow morning makes me have a very intentional day. So I take my time, I wake up and I go straight to working out. It works for me. I, I work out immediately. I have good energy. I like to set the tone. So that already gives me a boundary of 10 a.m. is your deadline to have fun in the mm. morning, right? So I do whatever I want to do to have fun. So that is a very, very incredible boundary, invisible boundary that no one really knows but me that really has helped me stay disciplined and also set the tone for the day. After I clock in, take breaks, I do not schedule more than you know, two meetings back to back, the two meetings back to back, two 30 minute meetings back to back is probably the max. I always have maximum five meetings a day and a good 15 minute break in between. I have a lunch break that I take fully disconnected from social media. And even if it's entertainment, because I do allow myself to, to do some entertainment. So for example, if I say I'm going to do I'm going to uh, clock out for an hour to have lunch. I look at a funny YouTube video. Sure. Absolutely. I do it because it's, it's not work related. I feel like I'm clocking out. Um, and if I want to do it, I, I allow myself, but usually disconnecting myself from the phone and actually being incredibly aware of what I'm eating has helped me tremendously. After that, I clock out at 5 PM and I know it sounds very like nine to five or whatever it is, but it's actually, I work six hours. So I don't work as much as the nine to fiver um, because I'm very productive within my time. When I work, mm. I'm working, right? And when I'm in a meeting, I put my phone in airplane mode so I don't get distracted. Distraction is something that I talk a lot about because we feel like we're, you know, the end of the day feeling where we're like, been so busy but I feel like I got nothing done mm. and it's honestly because it's the recuperation time is the majority of the time when mm. you are looking at your phone and then you go back to what you were doing it takes about 20 minutes to actually go back to full concentration mode so you can imagine if we're always distracted with our phone we lose a lot of time during the day so that's been a crazy good boundary for me and then after that is mostly I take really some personal time with cooking at night. And so I, I clock out and I make that I'm like planning the cooking. It's just something that makes me happy, I guess. And then, and yeah, and then to clock out completely. I sometimes answer some messages here and there, but then I actually shut off my work brain. And this is not something that I do overnight. This was a lot of me trying to figure out when do I feel guilty when I'm not working? What triggers me? What do I accept when? What's a good yes for me and a good no for me? Like I, I didn't know any of this. Mm. Like this, this, this lifestyle is like after creating a course regarding digital wellness. Like this is, <laughs> this is a good scenario. But honestly, the reason why I was able to do all this was because I communicated. Period. 
communication was probably if there's no communication or right to disconnect you having the right to disconnect it will result in low productivity and it will impact your results tremendously communication with my clients with my team members so so my my company team with my mom even my mom that calls me in the middle of the day communication with my mom communication with my boyfriend the whole communication setup was incredibly important and actually would love to share with you guys how I communicate I feel like that's one of the most important things that I've learned um yes please and the the communication part was as simple as start voicing your interest about digital well-being just voicing it you know to cultivate digital culture just going like you know what I don't feel good when I'm on my phone and eating I want to talk to you you know when we're eating I want to talk to you I don't know why I feel like it's sucking energy out of me whatever it is you just voice your interest and then you give them whoever you're living with whoever you're talking to whatever it is give them some time to notice your change I think that that for me was incredibly important not forcing digital culture on people but just change for you and voice that you're changing and that you want to change and then initiate a conversation later on by educating you know I, I saw these stats or I educated myself on this term and it's really made a drastic difference just slowly start dripping that information into your relationship or conversations and then ask them questions to keep it personalized you know like uh, how do you feel about it have you, have you felt like this has happened to you as well um, that really helped me to see their perspective and, and just get empathy for other people that don't even know what digital wellness is. Mm. And, and then connect the dots, you know, complexity and collective responsibility because you might've contributed to the problem. You might, they're probably mirroring things that you developed when you started an online business or when you started looking into your phone a little bit extra and then just slowly have patience and slowly but surely you'll start people will start affecting those boundaries and it'll start helping them with their boundaries because it gives them permission to go like you know what Gabby doesn't like for me to message her after 6 p.m so I'm actually not going to message anyone after 6 p.m because I like that <laughs> you know it's just slowly you start developing that digital culture yeah I think with like when you change and you allow people to just notice that you feel better with the change, it helps them to see that as a possibility for themselves, as well as for them to just think about their life first. Like, you know, we do so many things so on autopilot that if someone just, you know, takes the courage to just stops for a second and sets a boundary, it makes us question our own boundaries or whether we even have any and how we would feel if we would put any in place. Now, I know a lot of beautiful souls listening to this kind of know they're overstepping their boundaries and letting other people overstep their boundaries, but there's so much fear of even setting a boundary, so much fear of men being like less respected, less loved, less, less accepted, anything like this. What would you say to someone that is like, I know I need to set those boundaries in place, but I'm like shitting my pants basically because it's <laughs> for me. Right. So again, it's the, the boundaries that we're talking about, the, you know, work-life balance boundary. It might be 
you know, for you to be able to sleep boundary, for you to be able to have a better relationship boundary. So we can talk, we can be talking about a lot of boundaries right now, but the most important thing is for you to understand that if you are not okay, you don't feel good, you can't have a good, a good relationship. You can't have a good business. You can't have a, a good connection with people. You just, you can't be your best. And so boundaries actually help you understand what, what is going to make you happy. It just makes you question yourself a little bit more on the important things, on the things that will make you feel full and energetic every day and become a better person for that person that you're probably thinking of, you know, because sometimes we don't do as much things for us than we do for others. So mm. think about that other person too, of like, you know, this is going to make me have a better relationship with this person. It's going to actually help this other person, but it all starts with me, you know, and it all starts with, with how I feel, because if you're in a relationship or in, and when I say relationship, I'm not just saying romantic relationship. I'm talking about like coworkers, co you know, colleagues, anything. Mm relationship unhealthy relationship starts with us it's yeah. not like oh like that person's negative whatever it is if you don't feel worthy of a good relationship you can't you can't complain you know you you're just attracting who you are so it also stems with you so to have that as a motivator you know I need to become a better person I need to feel good to in order to attract good things so boundaries is a beautiful way to get started I love that. I remember when I used to work in fashion, I mean, it's such a fast environment and working over hours is the most normal thing. They're like not working over hours. People will be like, is she on a part-time job? Like what is going on? Like, why is she leaving only an hour later than her, you know, when she were supposed to finish or whatever. And I remember when I got to a point where it was like, understanding that I had to like you were I had to fill my own cup and I wasn't able to give what I knew I could give I wasn't able to step in my into my potential because I wasn't setting boundaries I was frustrated with some people around me because I felt they were not just they were not respecting my boundaries yet I've never actually set them in the first place and I feel like that is something mm -hmm. that I see or that I did see so much in a work environment where we're so upset with people having those expectations, but those expectations come from somewhere. And I remember when the first time I really had to set a boundary, I was like so nervous. And then I realized, okay, right. I didn't die. And actually I'm more respected now. Actually mm -hmm. now I'm not mad at the people around me because they can start respecting my boundaries because I started setting them. So that was like a massive shift for me where I was like, oh, wow, actually that was a positive thing. Actually, yeah. now people see me on like a different level, even on in your career, because I know in your career, when you work for someone, sometimes it's really hard to set that boundary. boundary. But when you explain in a way, like you said, communication is everything. When you explain in a way, being like, I need that boundary to be put in place in order to serve you better, in order to do a better job, in order to be a better partner, in order to be a better friend, I feel like that shift and that helps the other person to understand why those boundaries suddenly are being put in place because if they're just you know if it's just a no I'm not doing this anymore of course there's going to be difficulties in that communication process with you know co-workers your boss your relationships mm -hmm. because they're like didn't know you had those boundaries and they don't know where they come from or why you need them so I feel like just communicating from like what you said how you feel about it 
helps so much. And then inspiring other beautiful souls by just working on yourself and then having them see the change that they're then eventually desire for themselves. And then they will come to you and being open to then wait for them and have that conversation later on, I think is so, so beautiful in terms of what you share and something that I just wanted to highlight. Now, what I want to ask you is for like the person that is listening to this now a bit like, okay, how do I know if I'm like in a challenge challenge position right now how do I know like what are the symptoms the behaviors that come from you know not setting those boundaries being sucked into your phone and not really really practicing digital wellness basically if you would mention Mm -hmm. them like you know I you mentioned them a little bit in the beginning but if you Mm -hmm. would mention them and someone would be like yep okay I do this this is how I feel like that is that all right (laughs) What would those challenges, behaviors, feelings be? Well, I think that the most important things for us to highlight right now to build awareness on that is the subconscious stressors that we feel after hopping off the phone. It could be anything that you consumed, you hopped off a call, you looked at social media, whatever it is, is what you feel after that subconscious stressor that is normal for us now, but it's really not healthy. So it could be social comparison, right? We compare our value and our success to other people. FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, There's this term called nomophobia, which is no mobile phone phobia. So, you know, being psych, it's a psychological condition when people are terrified to be detached from their phone. Phoneliness, which is an uncomfortable urge to look at your phone even when it hasn't buzzed or anything it's just this feeling of like my phone's there I'm going to touch it that's phoniness um another subconscious stressor would be selective exposure so often used in you know media and communication research but it's pretty much a tendency to favor information which reinforces your own view so you getting, you know, you getting fired up on an opinion. You're like, oh, I believe in, you know, um, I don't know, gay marriage, for example. I believe in gay marriage. I believe, in gay. and then you get off of social media. And you're like, oh, it's crazy how people don't believe in gay marriage. You know, like it's just, it gives you that, that selective mm. exposure. You might be, you might be too fired up on one side, and therefore not being open-minded at all. It's a huge thing right now with social media, and then Zoom fatigue you know, the tiredness, worry, and just burnout associated with overusing these virtual platforms. Mere presence is another one. The presence of, um, of digital devices affecting your ability to concentrate. There's actually studies that show that if you have your phone right next to you versus when you ha- don't have your phone right next to you, the work that you do is completely different just by having it next wow. to you. It's not buzzing or anything. And then lastly, my favorite term of all time, uh, I left it last because it's very important. And this is, this is the reason why I took this seriously, this exact word. And that's fubbing is the practice of ignoring one's companion or partner in order to pay attention to your phone. Mm. And we do this a lot. We even we're finishing off a text, but someone's talking to us. And we're just finishing off the text, right? We're, we're kind of 25% in the text. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're there. We're almost there. 
And, but we don't, we're not a hundred percent there. So we just make excuses of like, oh yeah, I'm just finishing up a text. Oh yeah, I'm just sending an email, but tell me, tell me more, tell me more. So we're doing two things at the same time, right? So something that I encourage you guys to do is not only build awareness as to how you feel after you detach yourself from the phone to see if any symptoms come up. Like I said, social comparison, Zoom fatigue, um, mere presence, all these things. But the fubbing is the most tangible way to reassess yourself. And that is count how many times you fub someone and someone fubs you. So for example, if you live, my example was I with my boyfriend. I live with my boyfriend and I didn't tell him anything. I was just going to count how many times I fubbed him and he fubbed me. And let me tell you, I was aware that I was doing this. Mm. I knew that I was doing this. And I fubbed him seven times and he fubbed me 25. And we had a conversation that night, just like I told you guys how I had conversations before, just building awareness. Okay, I did this experiment and I knew that I was fubbing you and I still did it. I don't know why. And, <laughs> and I want to talk about it, you know, like this is crazy. You were talking about something interesting and I was just still on my phone for some reason. I was finishing up a text, like you did, you did it to me 25 times. Like, what are we going to do here? So we set a boundary of, you know, not having a phone during mealtime, period. Mm. That's it. Just, just quick 20 minutes, no phone. And it enhanced our conversations and enhanced our connectivity and just enhanced our relationship. So, and this could be with anyone. If you live with your mom, same thing, right? So fubbing experiment, strongly encourage you to take action on that. I absolutely love that. And even, you know, kind of fubbing yourself, like when you're sitting with yourself or when you're doing something, reading a book, even counting how often you go back to your phone. Like, mm -hmm. I definitely am going to do this, even though I feel like with digital boundaries, since I'm working online, it's been something that has been so natural to me. And when we started this conversation, I realized it's actually not that natural. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I... I don't even know, like people know you cannot reach me before 10 a.m. and after 7 p.m. because I'm on non-reachable with my phone. It's just off like stuff like this. Now, if someone is listening is like, oh, gosh, everything she described. Yep. I'm kind of I feel <laughs> the guilt arise in me. I can see it. I can see it's not serving me. What would you say are three tangible steps to start practicing digital wellness? Well, the first one is auditing your day, Added, auditing your day, understanding what is it that you're investing your time in. So like you said, when I read, how many times do I reach? And, and again, it's just counting how many times you fubbed yourself or fubbed others. That's a great way to get started. So auditing your day with emotions, with tangible actions, And also reassessing your relationships would be a great one. Um, do you feel like you're connected online or offline? Do you have more relationships online or offline? You know, do you have more conversations offline or online? Like just understanding your relationship sort of status. And then um, the last one would be studying digital wellness, understanding what, what comes up for you, right? So if you Google digital wellness or if you take I have a course called, you know, that's the, the minimalist entrepreneur, specifically for entrepreneurs. And then you just build awareness. There's going to be things that come up that you're like, you know what? Yes, I have to do that. You know, there's a free PDF that I also have that 
teaches you also on the settings that your phone has that can help you start helping you with that analytical mm. process and, and auditing process. But yeah, just audit, understand your relationships and also understand your, your, your you know, phone mostly and, and how you have the tools in your hand that can help you audit. Beautiful. I'm definitely going to anyways link all the information in the show notes. So anyone listening, download the PDF as a start and connect with Gabby on her profiles um, because then you can already dive into this a lot deeper in terms of if you think about like being present. What I just realized when you were speaking was like even noticing how present am I in my relationships you know, when you're having a conversation, even if you have a conversation online with someone, how present are you really? If you're like, you know, are you, if you're talking on the phone to someone, are you on the side doing something with your phone or are you actually present? Like, I don't know why I didn't realize that before, but it's so connected to really being present in the moment, right? With a lot of um, souls that are listening to this podcast, they're most likely are really interested into manifestation, law of attraction. And in order to create the life that you desire and be really that version of yourself that already lives that reality, we need to be present, right? So digital, practicing digital wellness is another form of allowing us to return back to being present within the moments, within the relationships that we have. So I think that's so beautiful. Now, I want to give you also the opportunity to cover anything that you might want to have covered and that I haven't asked you. So if I, you know, if I would ask you, or let's say differently, is there any question that you feel like I haven't asked you yet that needs to be answered today? Um, I think that I, I think that I addressed the majority of things that I wanted to talk about. Definitely the fubbing is something that I always want to end <laughs> with because I want you guys to have something tangible to do just to, instill that little seed, you know, plant that little seed for you to take digital wellness seriously, because as I said, and as Sherry said, this is not sexy. This is not something that you're going to be like, yeah, I can't wait to start. No, it's, it's going to be a little reality check that you're probably not going to look forward to too much. So just know that digital wellness is a journey. It's a journey, just like our actual physical wellness. We're not going to feel mm. sexy all the time. We're not going to feel not bloated all the time, you know, sometimes we're going to be breaking those boundaries, breaking those rules. But the most important thing is to understand what digital culture is within your relationships, within your practice, within your work. So you slowly start respecting your boundaries. It starts becoming like a muscle memory, like second nature, and therefore it becomes part of your reality. And when you don't have that digital culture or when you don't have that digital wellness, you know, it's what to do to gain it back and that is really the goal but it's never perfection is never having all the boundaries set up perfectly I just want to highlight this is as this is far from perfect like you you definitely cannot achieve perfect digital wellness because we're also part of an experiment that's something very important for you guys to know is that we're part of an experiment and and even the people that created these softwares and these apps don't even know how humanities are going to react to this considering that this is new, you know, just like when you launch a new course and you, and you, and you test it out and you get testimonials and then you tweak it and you relaunch it. It's the same thing. Apps are being launched. We're testing it with our psychology and our well-being, and then they enhance it and they make it even more attractive for us to use it more. So it's, 
it's just an, all an experiment and we have to be patient with ourselves. We need to be nice to ourselves and understand this is the journey that we're just all trying to figure out. So beautiful. I feel like that was a perfect ending for a beautiful conversation. Now I have two more questions for you that are maybe a little bit challenging, challenging to like answer right away, but could you take us to your most inspired moment so far in your life? The most inspiring moment? The most inspired moment, like the moment where you felt so inspired. Mm. I think that I felt incredibly inspired when I became a nomad. <laughs> when I became a nomad, because the, the, the day I became a nomad, which about, was about two years ago, I redefined my meaning of life. Hmm. I saw my borders, like my mindset and mental borders just like expanded tremendously. And I saw how different people lived different lives and had different good and bad. I saw how different people had different companies and different entrepreneurship paths and how it was good or bad. And everything just made me kind of take it a little bit easier on myself and under and helped me understand that it's all up to me what I decide to do and how seriously I decide to take it because it's honestly, we're just all trying to survive here. We're all trying to have a good time. We're all trying to make money. We're all trying to be happy. We're all trying to be good. And so if you just define what that is for you and you accept it and you just love unconditionally, it's just, it's just going to land beautifully. And that's really the mindset I had adopted two years ago when I became a nomad and I became so empathetic with humankind that it's honestly been uphill from there. It's been such an incredible journey. Oh, I love that. Definitely. I feel like even what you shared is so inspiring for someone who knows who you are inspired today to just look at their life, really audit their life, understand their mental borders, their, you know, borders that they're setting for themselves and what needs to change within their life in order to you know, like you said, for you, it was to live as a nomad for someone else. It might be something else, but to have the courage to feel inspired enough to actually even look at the life you're living right now. Now, if you would be limited, and I had asked you that question before a while, while back, but I want to ask you again, because it might have has changed just a little bit since you already obviously have grown so much again since then. So if you would be limited to share your heart and wisdom with the world in only one sentence, what would that be? I think it's going to be the same. Stop yeah. ready. Get, stop getting ready to get ready. Yeah. I, because it, it, it just is so, it, it applies to every aspect of my life. If I don't like something, if I don't feel, if I feel uneasy about a certain feeling, a conversation, something, I'm just going to take action immediately. Because if you sit on that feeling of that, you know, you have this inner voice that is telling you to do something, and you just sit and you sit on the feeling and you don't do anything. It starts accumulating. You start creating stories in your head. The fear starts piling up. I mean, the whole thing just gets worse. <laughs> so honestly, stop getting ready to get ready is still so applicable in my life and my journey. And it's been a muscle memory, honestly. Now it's just a muscle memory. 
If I'm uncomfortable, I immediately talk about it. If I don't like my business, I immediately change it. If I don't like the color of my brand, I'm going to change it that day. Like it's, it's, I take action immediately because I always want to be the best version of myself. It's a double-edged sword. You know, sometimes you have to kind of pause and take a breath and not take so much action all the time. So sometimes a breathing room is acceptable and it's necessary. But the majority of the time, <laughs> you doing something about that uneasy feeling is going to feel 10 times better than sitting on it and thinking the what if. Yeah, the what if, oh my God, I feel like the what if, is there not like this quote, the what if has killed more dreams than, you know, action could ever have created even or something like that. I don't know. That's probably wrong. But like, you know, the idea of like, when you think about something, your brain just paints this scary picture and it gets worse and worse and that procrastination gets worse and worse like yeah definitely I can feel that one now I want to first of all thank you Gabby so much for sharing everything obviously you have a fountain of wisdom on like so many things and I love loved hearing and learning about digital wellness now as you shared so much wisdom with us today I want to ask you myself and anyone listening to this episode how can we serve and support you in your journey? Well, definitely spread the message of digital wellness. I would absolutely love for each and every one of you to just talk to your family, your friends, to yourself, journal about it, just see how you feel regarding digital wellness. And therefore we can create wellness within the digital space because digital, I mean, I would have never met Sherry if it wasn't for this beautiful technology. Yeah. I would have never been able to change my life to have the freedom that I have because of the technology. So it's incredibly important to build the wellness inside, you know, the digital space. So just promoting it, talking about it, setting your own boundaries to help other people set their boundaries would be incredibly moving for each and every one of us. And again, always sending me a message or sending me a quick voice note telling me what you thought about the episode or maybe just, you know, talk to me about what your first step of digital wellness was that would mean the world to me and you can always always reach out to me I'm so tangible I'm so reachable um, definitely would love for you guys to communicate as much as you'd like regarding this topic with me oh I love it I love also again like you're just such a beautiful soul how you like literally just started with how we can support collectively the world and the digital world and everyone to feel better and I just I'm so grateful for you thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today to teach educate and inspire beautiful souls on this world to practice digital wellness so that they can connect more with themselves and their higher self I absolutely loved it and yeah I feel like that's a wrap thank you so so much Thank you for having me. Thank you, beautiful souls, for listening to me. And I really hope to hear from you guys soon. Hey, beautiful soul. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes and share a screenshot of this episode on social media, as it truly supports me and my work. Send me a screenshot of your review or tag me in your share, and I will personally send you a free guided meditation as thank you. If you aren't following me on social media yet, find me at chariangelina.coach and let's connect. I hope you got from this episode everything you needed right now in order to connect with your higher self. And remember, it's already yours, babe.